0: welcome to the table podcast we hope what you hear today inspires joy in your heart and causes you to be convinced that god is good and he is for you enjoy the message Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to our podcast. I'm Siobhan Woodard, the Young Adult Pastor for The Table, and we are now in part six of a series entitled One on One. We have spent the past five weeks talking about our relationship with the Lord, what that looks like, examples in scripture. We've talked about some practical aspects, some how-tos in the previous episodes. And then the last two weeks, we've been talking about What are some benefits or what are some bonuses? What type of things come out of the secret place? You know, spending that one-on-one time with God, getting away with him really does bring so much clarity of mind and heart. Uh, If you haven't had a chance to check out our previous episodes, I strongly encourage that you do that. Honestly, as I said before in the previous episodes, this could go miles long of benefits, but I think it's important for you to Find out for yourself what things you gain out of this experience. As we've mentioned before, spending time in the secret place with God is an investment. And if anybody knows anything about an investment, you don't always see the immediate return. I think I'm finding a lot more about myself and how I have been driven by quick results. And I've also felt that I failed sometimes at spending one on one time with God because I didn't necessarily have an emotional response or a reaction. But when you realize that you're investing, you don't expect a dollar to turn into, you know, a 100, you know, in an hour or in a day, you know that it takes time. And so I think when we realize that our investment in the secret place is something that we can benefit from over the years of our lives, it does begin to impact our character, our heart, our relationships, our choices. Then we realize that this is a worthy investment that we can do continually that bears fruit in different ways. We know that uh, Galatians 6 says that if you sow into the spirit life, you will reap. So we know that this is something that always has a good return no matter how long we do it, no matter how often we do it, every time that we plant this seed uh, in our own spirit life, we will reap good things from it. So I struggled about what to talk about as this will be our final, I guess, episode for the series. Uh, As I could have mentioned a list of things that I've personally benefited from, but one of the areas that I thought would be really important to touch on today um, is the benefit of making decisions in the secret place. You can invite God to help you make major decisions in your life. Uh, we're going to unpack that from a biblical standpoint. I'm also going to like share more of a personal testimony of a way that the Holy Spirit, in my quiet time in prayer, inspired an idea, a thought that really helped me in my future And it was pretty cool how it all happened. So we know that the scripture says in James chapter one, I'm uh, reading the New American Standard. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Meaning that when you ask God for wisdom, he's not going to be upset that you need it. He's not going to, you know, try to make you feel bad for asking for his help. If anything, this is one of the most challenging aspects of life in Christ, because I'm used to doing everything on my own. Uh, I consider myself to be very independent, but we know in the kingdom, dependence is maturity. And in the world, it's how much you can take on for yourself, how much you can do for yourself that makes you um, mature. So the paradox of the kingdom is so different. It allows us to realize that there's much value in dependence on the spirit, dependence on God. And it is something that we have to kind of break our social norms, I guess our mindset when it comes to maturity and realize that dependence is actually maturing in the kingdom. So where I am quick to make decisions, I'm an eighth. So I feel empowered to make decisions. I like making decisions. Um, I didn't realize the value of letting God be involved in my decision making and how getting away from all the other voices, all the other opinions, all the other scenarios that I've played through my head. And just simply asking God's counsel to come in has given me so much more peace. I've actually made better decisions by not succumbing to, I guess, the temptation to quickly react or to quickly respond to something. There are moments where there's the urgent and emergent where you may have to make a quick decision, but there's quite a few times where you have at least a moment where you could go into prayer, especially for those really big life altering uh, decisions that you have to make about relationships, about jobs, about your future. Maybe you have multiple choices in front of you and you want to know uh, which way to go that would be most advantageous, but you can't necessarily see all the details down the line. I want to say, you know, we don't have to feel pressured uh, to get everything right all the time. And the beautiful thing about the way that God works is that if you miss that particular opportunity or that moment, there's something that He can teach you from that. Like nothing is wasted when it comes to our life in Christ. So if you've ever felt like a surmounting pressure about decision makings, if you're choosing between two similar things and you're trying to figure out what is God, what is not God, it's best to remember his heart for us. It's best to remember that the scripture says, whatsoever you do, do it as unto the Lord. And if you can see that your the character of Christ will be maintained through your dis- decision, excuse me, if you can see that when you love people well with this decision, if you can see that it's going to actually help you grow in this decision, those are some of the guidelines that you're kind of looking for when you're making critical decisions. I think it's very important for us to look at the life of Christ. Uh, Jesus made decisions about a number of things. I've even talked previously um, in other episodes about Jesus had to consult God on what cities to go to, when to leave those places for ministry, uh, when to walk away and go back to a quiet place. I believe that Jesus was having an active dialogue with the Father in his daily life to figure out what to do. So I've talked about before that I've been reading this book by Bob Sorge called Secrets of the Secret Place. Shout out to Mallory. She got it for me for Christmas uh, last year and it has been uh, an incredible read, super practical. As a matter of fact, a lot of things that you've heard uh, from this podcast have been inspired by this book. As I mentioned early on, before the series began, that I'd be pulling some some thoughts, some ideas, some excerpts, some spiritual examples, even uh, from this book as I've been reading. And one of the cool things that I I found from reading this book is that Jesus prayed about his decision. Before he chose the 12 disciples and in Luke chapter 6, verse 12 through 16, I won't read all of it, but it says in the beginning of the passage that it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself and from them, he chose 12 whom he also named apostles. I didn't realize from the context of that passage, there were a lot of people already kind of following Jesus. There were many that had called themselves disciples, but Jesus spent day and night in prayer trying to determine which 12 would be the apostles uh, for the first century church. And we kind of Overlooked the fact that Jesus prayed about that decision. I mean, I know I've read several times he chose and it lists all the names, you know, um, daddies, Bartholomew, all the names that it says that he uh, chose. And I realized he actually prayed about this. He prayed about this. Jesus was very intentional When it came to decision making, and it doesn't say he spent just a minute or two, like he really spent a full night making sure that he heard clearly from the Lord about what he was about to do because he knew that the people that he chose would be critical for the future of the gospel being preached, right? And so if we see that Jesus was intentional in his earthly life about coming to God for decisions? How much more should we do the same thing? Remember that Proverbs uh, 3, 5, and 7 talks about in all of your ways, like lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge, you know, God and he's the one that's going to direct your path. So many of us are directionless because we simply haven't consulted God. We've not asked him, What's your perspective on this? What's your thoughts on this? And I will say, you know, a lot of things that we read in scripture are kind of like prescribed where where we're saying like this is something that you can do in this situation. For example, Paul in the epistles, he gives you insight on how to interact with your brothers and sisters in Christ. He speaks on marriage. He speaks on even In Timothy, he talks about giving instructions as a leader. There's so many places that we can go for a lot of practical things in daily life. However, there are things that don't fall directly in the line of a context of scripture that we can just go straight to a verse or straight to a passage that specifically answers our question. But what we can do is look for principles of scripture that help us understand There's a lot more, I think, that we could glean from the word of God, glean from the life of Christ, his heart, his passion, the way that he dealt with relationships. If we really seek to find those key principles, a lot of what we need is available to us by getting in the word of God. Uh, Proverbs full of wisdom. I'm still reading the Proverbs now going, wow, I didn't even know that was in there. And I mean, you'd be surprised what's in the scripture, whether it's about business dealings, whether it's about lawsuits. It's very interesting that there's like a lot of things in scripture that you don't even think about. But the culture of that day, we're dealing with similar issues that we deal with. And it's important for us to be able to glean from or take away principles of things. We're not necessarily looking for a Bible verse that specifically covers our situation. Also, in the secret place, God can really reveal a divine way of handling a problem that you may not necessarily have thought about it that way, which kind of brings me to my testimony. So in 2016... As you all know, here in Louisiana, the flood came. It was awful. I uh, lost my car. I was uh, displaced from my apartment at the time. I had to live with friends. I'm pretty sure some of you have heard this story before, but you may not have heard uh, this testimony behind it. So, before the 2016 flood, I was in a tremendous amount in my mind of credit card debt, a lot of it stemming from poor choices that I made in college. I would say my credit card debt was around about $10,000. The interest rate was ridiculous. I was paying every month, but I just was not, you know, putting a dent in paying it off. I had a decent job. I was living in a one bedroom apartment. I had a car at the time and thankfully my car was paid for. And so as I'm trying to work through, you know, how to find somewhere where to stay and how to find another mode of transportation. Um, I was blessed enough to have had full coverage on a vehicle that was paid off. And so I knew that the insurance company would have to, uh, if my car was a total loss, which I I already knew it would be because the insurance agent couldn't even get to my car. Like this is how bad the flood still was at the time, particularly my area. He had to make an assessment from a distance because he could not fully see my car. At this time, it had almost been fully, uh, I mean, it was halfway submerged in water. So I remember having a little bit of cosmetic damage and things like that. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I got the car back in 2008. It's about eight years old. I didn't really have an expectation to get a lot out of it. But when I went to the secret place with God, I started asking him, for two things one for divine strategy on how I needed to go about this did I need to purchase a cash car did I need to put like a down payment on a newer car and make low payments like I went through all the options you can think of just back and forth back and forth back and forth and so I kind of left for my prayer time feeling like probably most people feel oh man I don't really feel like I accomplished much you know I still don't know what I'm gonna do I'm still kind of overwhelmed about this Well, I was at work. I was still driving a rental car. And when I say divine inspiration or divine, I guess, kind of um, idea came. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, pay off your debt. And I was like, (laughs) no, that wasn't you, Lord. That was not you. Because if I pay off my debt, I don't have a car. And I just was like, if I pay off my debt, then I'm still going to have to have a car note. But if I would just put this money towards another car, or just get a cash car for the same price, like I'm arguing with my own logic, because there's just no way that I came up with this idea. Like I knew I had the debt, but I was like, Oh, I'll take care of that like another time. So I brushed it off. And then the thought came back again. It was like, You really should use the money to pay off your debt. And I was like, oh, I don't know. So I knew this was the Lord at this point because I definitely wouldn't have never had this idea. I was thinking practically, no, you just need to get another car. So I remember talking to a few people and they looked at me kind of like, I don't know, Siobhan. I don't know what you're saying. Like, you really just want to put, you know, all your money towards that. Then what are you going to do? But for whatever reason, I was like, all right. Here's the final test. I'm going to put a dollar amount in my journal that I would have to get for my car for me to feel like this is the Lord. So I wrote down the dollar amount and I said, if they don't give me this amount, then I'll just know it was crazy talk. I'll just go with the plan that I said. So I write down the amount. Maybe a week or so later, I finally get a call from the insurance agent she quotes me a couple of hundred dollars over the amount that I put in my journal and she was like is this okay and I just froze she had no idea (laughs) that I'm sitting here going wait a minute what did you just say? And she repeated it again. And I guess she was thinking I was going to say, oh my gosh, that's not enough. Da da, da. I don't know if how she interpreted my pause, but my pause was because I remember the number that I wrote down in my journal and she had exceeded it. And so at that point I was like, oh my Lord, you're really wanting me to do this. So I said, yes, that'll be fine. She's like, all right, we're going to send you this check and all this, this and that. And I really felt like, if they had really been able to see my vehicle, that w- that amount was so high to me, they probably overappraised it, but that was just a favor of the Lord. So I finally get the check. And you know, sometimes when you have uh, gotten a decision from the Lord, once the check is in your hand, you still have to decide, all right, am I going to be obedient or am I going to just, you know, go back with my gut, my instinct, it's in my hands right now, right? So... I talked to my parents about it and I was right near the end of like making this critical decision because I'm like, I'm not going to get my hands on this type of money again for a long time. Am I sure I want to do this? So I told my parents and I still at this point don't know how I'm going to get back and forth, but I believe this is the Lord. So my parents say, well, actually, you know, we have an older car that is just sitting up in the yard that if nobody starts to drive this, then it's probably going to just start to deteriorate. Would you like to just drive this car until you decide what you really want? And I was like, bruh, I was not even thinking to even ask my parents for anything. Like I'm literally trying to do this on my own. So I get to drive their perfectly fine extra vehicle that they only use like if they needed their car repaired or other vehicles repaired. And I pay off that in that time frame, that $10,000 worth of debt, probably in three months, that check plus some extra money that came in got me completely out of credit card debt. And I was like, now that is some divine decision making. And I know I told you that long story or long testimony to let you know that really, when God tells you to do something, when it's time to make a critical decision, Even if it seems far-fetched, he has a way of confirming that for you. Um, Now, three, almost four years later from the flood, I have a brand new SUV that I absolutely love, that I can afford, that I got a really great interest rate on. I drove my parents' car until I was ready to make that bigger purchase again. And to this day, I am still debt-free from my credit cards, uh, you know, because I pay off my statements every single month. And it it was just like the weight was lifted off of me. I was able to do so many things by not having that weight drag around. And whereas I thought I was losing by following the wisdom of God initially, because I couldn't see how he was going to work everything else out. But I was so grateful that I decided to trust the Lord and to really let him get me out of a situation that, I mean, I still would have been in debt to this day four years later unless I, you know, without making some huge sacrifices that just really wouldn't have happened. So when I tell you that God will give you counsel in your decisions, it is such a real thing. The counsel of the Lord is so comforting. It really does help you feel empowered to do things that you never thought you could do. He gives you so much grace and space to just test him and see if he won't be faithful in these areas. And now that I've come to the realization that he wants to be involved in all of these details and I've seen how he's worked things out, it helps me to be a lot more, I guess, proactive about saying, all right, let me take this to prayer first. Instead of waiting till everything falls apart and I've exhausted all my other resources, I'm now recognizing that going to him first and seeking his perspective first really makes for the most fruitful and most beneficial decisions in every aspect of life, from finances to relationships to jobs, whatever it is, we can invite God in his wisdom into our lives. And in the secret place, he can give us divine strategies, not just to live, but to thrive. Well, guys, I hope that that blessed you. I hope that you're really able to enjoy The remaining time, although we're in trying times, enjoy the the remaining time to put this secret place um, into practice. This closing of your door, really getting connected to God's heart, being able to listen to him since we are void of a lot of distractions that we normally have. Let's make some really good investments in our own lives, in our future, in our character, in our hearts and see what God will do with what we invest in with him. I know that he's going to allow it to be fruitful. I know he's going to allow it to bless our lives. And overall, we're just going to feel more at peace. So I'd like to pray over you before we go. Father God, we just thank you so much that we can come to you, that we can invite your perspective in on any situation that we're dealing with. We thank you for your word that you have given us to encourage us, to give us insight, to help us in our daily lives. And we thank you, God, that we are not alone, that we don't have to carry the weight of all of our decisions on upon ourselves. We can come to you. We can give you what we have, God, and you can make something beautiful out of it. And so thank you for this time together. Thank you, God, that any of us who are Uh, just depressed or anxious at all. I pray that the peace of God would just rest rule and abide with each of us. Uh, For those who are sick among us, God, Lord, we just pray that your healing hand will be upon every single person who is sick, not just from COVID-19, any sickness at all, God. We just pray that you will touch them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you that you will continue to carry us through this, that we are leaning into your strength, that your strength is being perfected in our moments of weakness when we feel helpless, when we feel as though there's nothing that we can do. Lord, we get to see your hand move mightily. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for who you are, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, once again, thank you so much for joining. We hope that you've been blessed by this series. Please remember to reach out to us on Facebook, The Table One Word, direct message us, Instagram, follow us, uh, The Table CCLA. Send us a message. We'd love to be praying for you. We believe that God is going to give us endurance as we continue uh, our quarantine. And for those who have been released that are not Louisiana listeners, pray that you stay safe as well. uh, Operate in wisdom. And thank you all also for supporting us and listening in you guys have been so faithful you've been so encouraging to me this is still something very new to me um and we would also love your feedback tell us what you want to hear tell us topics that we could discuss that you have interest in uh, you can email me siobhan s-h-i-v as and victor o-n at christchurch all one word dot la send me an email let me know we love you thanks for listening to this week's episode at The Table, we are discovering Jesus together. If you were encouraged by today's message, do us a favor and subscribe to this podcast. That way you never miss out on future episodes. Also, help us get the word out by sharing this podcast on your preferred social media platform. To keep up on what's happening in our community, you can follow us on Facebook at The Table or on Instagram at The Table CCLA.